Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. My very special guest this week is one of Chicago's best-loved leading men. He is Bernie Yvonne, and he is starring as Harold Hill in the Music Man at Marriott Theater. Bernie, let me congratulate you on, on such a tremendous show. Oh, thanks, Tom. It's great to be here. How you doing? Great. Good. Uh, so tell us about Music Man and, and Harold Hill for those two people in the world that don't know about the show. Right. Well, I, you know, I wasn't really one of the people that was that familiar with the show before this whole process started, so it's been really fun working on it and, and learning uh, about what a great show it is. It's a, it's a fantastic piece. It was uh, originally... It opened on Broadway in 1957, and then a movie was made five years later, also starring Robert Preston. And, you know, it's done constantly uh, in theaters across the country, from professional to, to uh, high schools and community theater. And it's just a really accessible piece and a lot of heart and a lot of joy in it. So I think it, it's kind of stood the test of time, you know, because of that. Yeah, and it's, it's real America. Yeah, oh, absolutely. As, a, as American as you can get, I think. It's, it's based in Iowa, and it's loosely based on uh, Mason City, Iowa. Um, so, uh, you know, it it's, it's, takes place in July, starts on the 4th of July, and yeah, it, it, Americana at its best, I guess. Well, I think you were perfect to, to play Harold Hill. Oh, I mean, from the time, you know, in the whole train scene, which is awesome at the yeah. beginning... And then you come out with that with that devilish smile of yours, and you kind of tip your hat to the. And we know we're in for a good time. Well, we we kind of needed to acknowledge uh, Harold Hill's presence right from the beginning because usually that opening uh, we don't know that Harold is on the train until he's revealed at the end of the of the opening number. Uh, but because we're in the round, everybody was going to know anyway. So we we decided to start off right from the top saying. Here we are. This is who I am, and you're you're going to come on the ride with me. Okay. Now carry us through what what this guy's a this guy's a con man, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he doesn't think so, but yeah, absolutely. He he uh, he spent his life as a traveling salesman, and there's quite a brotherhood of tra- traveling salesmen at that time in the early 1900s, and uh, he kind of makes the other traveling salesmen furious because he comes to uh, to towns in the Midwest makes deals, sells instruments and uh, uniforms for bands, and then usually makes off with the money uh, and doesn't deliver on what he promises. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's not the most honest of salesmen, but he, he certainly learns his lesson and gets his comeuppance in this piece. Yeah, but you also get a, a, a hint that he's not totally evil. No, oh, God, no. And I certainly can't play him that way. I, I, you can't, I don't think you can believe that your character is is uh, an evil character from the start. It just wouldn't wouldn't make any sense. Um, no, he's a, he's a good guy. He's just uh, he's just searching um, and maybe hasn't found the things he needs in his life to make him happy and um, a completely honest man. Yeah, and then he falls for the the library. Yeah, there's the rub. <laughs> <laughs> that makes that makes all the difference. Yeah. Uh, did you do any special preparation for this role? Well, a lot of the preparation was just sheer memorizing. Um, it's it's a lot of, uh, if you're familiar with the piece, it's a lot of really fast talk singing uh, that Robert Preston was kind of famous for. So luckily I knew about this project about a year in advance, and I used at least six or seven months of that to really work on 
on uh, getting it in my mouth, getting it in my brain, getting it in my body so that I wouldn't have to worry about that during rehearsals. And I was really glad I did because it helped kind of free me up from the text and work on some other stuff. Otherwise, I did, I, I did research the period a lot. And interestingly, it, since it takes place early 1900s, it, it made me think of another uh, man that I've played a couple of times, Harry Houdini who was at his height during that same time period. Interesting. Where are the parallels? Well, you know, I think they were both... uh, Harry Houdini was obviously a real person, but they were were both master showmen at what they did. Uh, Harry Houdini was very aggressive in terms of marketing himself, in terms of selling what he had to offer. And uh, I just thought there were some really neat parallels there. So the, the work I had done on Houdini several years ago actually sort of came back into play this time around. See, it, it all adds up, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, and I think, actually, this is my little, you know, stupid thought process, but, uh, you know, Harold Hill isn't uh, this man's real name, and I decided that he picked Harold because of Harry Houdini. So, there you go. Okay. Yeah. So, so it, it took you months to get the You Got Trouble down. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And, of course, it's not always perfect, but it's close enough. <laughs> so, yeah, it did take a while, uh, but it was it was actually really fun fun to learn and fun to work on because it felt like... It was a good time in my life for me to be doing this role, so it was really exciting to work on. This this is one of your favorite roles, I take it. Well, yeah, it's got to be. You know, it's such a delight, and it's so full of of humor and uh, and pathos and fun. And uh, our choreographer has thrown in a ton of dancing for me as well. So it's a real workout, which is great. Over the holidays, I get to eat whatever I want because I'm sweating profusely throughout the show so yeah it's it's a it's a great challenge in in almost every way so it really stretches me and and makes me work hard well what matt did and and what gary did with the show is is amazing because a lot of people think this is just a lightweight fluff piece and yeah it's not yeah i think that that's kind of if if anything takes people by surprise by this show it's it's the amount of heart that's there and uh it's found everywhere uh found in the townspeople uh, found in Marion the Librarian, obviously, and ultimately found in Harold's relationship with Marion, with uh, the boy Winthrop, and, and with himself. You know, he, he, he goes on this journey and really learns a lot and, and learns to uh, open himself up and trust and love. Yeah, and and uh, I wanted to comment about you and the dance, but see, you're you're an old hoofer. You've been in. Yeah. you've done some dancing before. Yeah, old being the operative word. <laughs> you know, I don't dance as much as I used to, just because uh, at this point in my life, it's not called for as much usually. But I love it. I've always loved it. I I, I, I never considered myself a dancer first, but I did uh, I did um, train a lot when I got out of college because as a young man, I realized it might come in handy. Uh, in this profession, and it really did. It, it had a, uh, an impact on a lot of roles that I've done. So it's always nice to bring that element back. And just from a physical standpoint, it's it's great exercise, you know. So I love that. I love that challenge. Well, well you and Andy did uh, that duet dance. Bit, yeah. The Saturn Wiser. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I'll tell you, that was terrific. Thanks. Well, it was. That's what's neat about having cast Andy Loop uh, as Marcellus yeah. because. Uh, it's oftentimes thought of as a big pudgy guy that just, you know, he's kind of chubby and just smiles. Um, but with Andy, you get this element of having a great dancer in the role. So they tweaked the Souter But Wiser Girl a little bit and made it more of a dance piece. And it, it surprises people, and it, it's a lot of fun. And for me, to get to work with Andy again has been great, because we, we did Sing in the Rain together years ago. Oh, and yes, uh, have done a lot right. of shows together. Yeah. So it's a couple of old hoofers going at it. 
Well, he's one of the top dancers. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, he's got a few years, so that's that's kind of cool that you stay in shape. Yeah, you know, it helps. Yeah. <laughs> so I just I, I'd rather just stand there and watch him do it, but you know, I got to earn my paycheck too. Well, they got you dancing in almost all the numbers. Right? I know it's it's relentless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what Matt did with Mary and the Librarian, I thought was terrific. Too. Yeah, because a lot of times that number is 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 either cut way down mm-hmm. or. Or you know they just they don't don't even attempt to do it right, and that's I, that uh, you're right. I appreciate what they've done here, letting Matt keep the whole piece in, um, and letting it so simply and smartly unfold. You know, over a period of a few minutes, and uh, it's really a pleasure to do and a pleasure to um, to watch the audience kind of enjoy it and, and get kind of sucked into it. You know, yeah, especially in the round. Uh, yeah, I, I kept saying, you know, because I, I somehow. Yeah. Always, no matter where I'm sitting, I always somehow want to see how it plays right. you know, all the way around. Like if I'm in the other areas, I guess that's I don't. I guess everyone does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it certainly did. Yeah, it's a it's a real um, puzzle, you know, that you have to work out in, far in advance. And we've got all these moving set pieces that are twirling around, and a huge cast that's twirling around. So it really is a challenge in the round. Um, obviously, you've probably spoken to a lot of people about those challenges, but uh, there's that element of you have to be continually moving so that you're not having your back to one portion of the audience for any length of time. So it's a real challenge, but it's also kind of neat um, when it does work to see how intimately it works. And for actors, it's, it, it's more about telling the story than having huge set pieces there, you know, because you just can't. Yeah. So I think once you've worked it, you actually start to appreciate and enjoy um, well, I understand that. that you generally have a 14-day rehearsal. Was, That's right. Was that for this, this show? Yeah, we started a couple of days earlier. Uh, Johanna, who plays uh, Marion, and I, and all the young dancers actually got a couple of days head start because there's so much choreography in the show. So it was almost two and a half weeks, a real luxury this time. Wow. But yeah. still, people are blown away by that. That's why I, I like to bring that up. It, yep. It's incredible. Uh, but obviously, you got to have terrific directors and choreographers yep. that really know exactly what they want to do because there isn't a lot of room for experiment right yeah that's right they have to be really prepared coming in and we have to be prepared as well you know it's our obligation to be off book and to do our homework every night that we've been given so you come in and you're, you're ready to tackle the next thing the next day it, it's a fun challenge and you know you hate to you, you, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's too hard because compared to a lot of other people's professions it's just playing you know um so it's 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 a fast but enjoyable process. Yeah, but when you hear some of these uh, uh, big Broadway shows with two and three months rehearsal, yeah. and you guys do more in fourteen days, I know <laughs> a lot of those shows do. And it's all true. That time. When I when I find myself in a show with a longer rehearsal period, I'm I'm thinking, well, what do we do now? You know, <laughs> it's been two but weeks. What, we should be ready to open. What great training for young actors, right? Yeah, it is. It makes them think quickly and and be responsible and prepared. I think. Yeah. Well, how, how is the audience reacting to Music Man? Oh, they're great. Uh, you know, so many people stop me afterwards and, and just rave about how beautiful the show is and, and what, a, what a great uh, experience they've had. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a treat up there at the Marriott because they're so heavily subscribed that there's always good-sized audiences, you know. So we don't have to worry about that, and you almost get spoiled having a big, full audience every night. Yeah, but they're they're a sophisticated audience, right? Yes, they are. Yeah. Oh, they know what they're they know what they're talking about, and uh, they have high expectations, and you know that's why they continue to subscribe there. Um, 
because they they're given pretty good pretty good stuff you know but yeah they they many of them have seen the show multiple times a lot of them told me they've seen they saw the original they saw rubber preston you know they love to to uh keep you in the loop in terms of what they've seen and what they know about the piece yeah and and then they're they're going to be real because i i'm i love the show so much i'm one of those that if they butcher it yeah you know i'm not forgiving right right you know, you know right. it's one of those icon shows that if you're going to do it do it well and and it's amazing how you guys made the show fresh. Yeah, there were well, there were a lot of little things in it, and and you're supporting when you have people like John Rieger and, mm-hmm. and Iris Lieberman, yep. you know, playing roles. I mean, they they added a little dimension. Oh, absolutely. They weren't just buffoons. Their yep. their whole way of life was being threatened by you. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's obviously a tribute to Gary Griffin. Um, he's he's the best at that. He makes you look at the text and figure out why it was written in the first place and and throw out any preconceived notions you have or what you've seen before and start from scratch and think about these people as real people with real needs and real conflict and when you do that uh you get to the heart of a piece you know quicker and uh these these actors he cast are are, we're just terrific at that and we're ready willing and able to go along on that ride with him yeah and what out of towners are impressed when they come to see Chicago theater. Yeah, is what a what an ensemble group you guys are. You know, right. you know, what you're the star of this show. The next show you could be in the ensemble. Yep, absolutely. And you know, there's there, that's that's what's great about working here. Um, if I'd rather be working consistently than than just playing a role or two every every year or so. You know, so of course that's kind of part of the life here um and that's what makes it really neat and that's why we choose to stay here but also gives such tremendous depth to shows yeah i think i think you're right absolutely when you have people in supporting roles that are so good and so experienced well look in your show how many leading men and leading ladies you know from other shows i know and and it's a huge cast it's uh, i think 33 which ties um them for the most uh cast members i think lame is also had 33 oh i didn't realize yeah i knew yep. it was up there yep and a lot of them are kids which is a really neat element as well a huge bunch of kids in this show and they're fantastic they're just adorable yeah and uh it's good a great experience for these kids i hope they're aware of what they're learning just yep. in the process from all you guys i think they are they, they they seem to be very smart very respectful and it's great that there's several of them because they have each other to to keep each other company when it's just one child or two sometimes it's hard for them i think but since it's a big group it's it makes the experience really fun well you should be very proud of the show thank you yeah Thanks and uh it's running at marriott theater through january 9th correct and folks if you haven't seen it you got to get out and see it yep. well let's talk about your career because you've done a few things well that'll take about 10 seconds <laughs> well <laughs> a lot of people would love to have uh, oh well, uh, i mean national tours broadway tell us about making it the broadway uh well that was uh, uh again playing uh, harry houdini in a show called ragtime and uh uh ragtime I-, I had been hearing about the show for a while and i then i went to see it in toronto and was just blown away i mean i i cried through almost the entire first act uh and they started having more auditions we heard it was going to broadway we heard there was a tour going out so i started auditioning uh for a different role actually the role of younger brother and uh they said to me well you're not quite 
off balance enough for that. What do you? What else do you see yourself as? And I said, well, maybe Harry Houdini. <laughs> and they handed me the Harry Houdini material and said, come back tomorrow, and uh, and you know learn this material. And so I did. And they said, okay, that'll do. Uh, keep the material. I said, why is there going to be another audition? And they said, yes. Uh, and it's going to be in New York, and we'll see you in about a month. So I flew to New York, uh, and then they cast me as Houdini for the first national tour which I did for a year, and then when Jim Cordy left the role on Broadway, I replaced him for the final nine months of the run on Broadway. That had to be fun. Oh, it was fantastic. You know, it's, uh, the, uh, the idea of being on Broadway is huge, you know, and it, it, it almost supersedes the actual experience of being on Broadway because I found once you're there, it's work just like anywhere else. You know, you're doing your eight shows a week, and if it's a long-running show... It could be even less exciting because it's already in place. You know, the, uh, the reviews are already out. Everyone's already seen it. So you don't even know what audiences you're going to get. You may be getting tourists who don't even speak English, you know. Um, but just the idea of being on Broadway, I think, for an actor is, is pretty magical. And it's something that you have for the rest of your life. So that's really neat. So you'd go back if, if the right role came up. Sure, absolutely. But, uh, again, I, and I love New York and I love working there, but I love keeping my life here in Chicago even more. So if I can continue to work it out that this is my home base and every now and then I work out of town, that's great. But I don't really want to uproot myself and, and only be in New York. Yeah. I, a lot of the actors that are going to New York say they won't be back. They yeah. all come back, don't they? They all come back, <laughs> which is great. You know, if, if you want to go, you should go, obviously. And if it's in your blood, go check it out. But it can be a lot more difficult than... Than people realize. I've never uh, lived in New York when I wasn't working, and that's the experience I don't want to have. You know, it, it's so expensive and it can be so tough. So I'd rather hold on to my money and, and have a nice home here. Well, that's great. Uh, what about the tours? You've you've done a few national tours. Yeah. Uh, well, besides, besides the ragtime, besides that, I uh, the first one I did actually was in the early '90s when uh, that the Donny Osmond, Joseph, and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat was on tour, and I, I was with that for two years. Um, half of it was in Canada, where the, sh where the tour started, and then a large chunk of it was here in Chicago. So that was fantastic to get to go to these great Canadian cities and then be home for the rest of it, you know? Yeah, and, uh, I was that's dying. right. It ran a long time here. Yeah, it, and it came back. Uh, the sh it went for six years total. Donnie did it for six years. I only did it for two, and I understudied him um, during that time. And it was just really neat. Everybody was having a ball. The show was a huge hit. So life was great. You know, it was a really fantastic first first touring experience. Um, I also did the tour of the producers yeah. and uh, the cabaret uh, that went out a few years ago, the Sam Mendes cabaret where we all played our own instruments so that was really neat too and oh, i didn't realize you were in that. i was and I, that it was different yeah. yeah it took us to uh the, the last month of the tour was in tokyo so that was a really great experience too to get to go there all expenses paid you know um with, that's the only way to go to tokyo yeah exactly that's what i realized once i got there you think new york is expensive try try tokyo yeah 25 dollars for a mcdonald's exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly well, I didn't realize you were in that. Yeah. And then uh, you worked for Gary uh, at the Lyric for the, the Merry Widow, yeah, which I that saw. Was, that was tremendous. Yeah, that was a year ago. Oh, yeah. What a neat experience that was, too, just to be downtown at that amazing uh, theater 
uh, at holiday time was really great, a really neat experience. Well, I love that uh, that Renee Fleming is coming back, and they're going to be doing some musicals. I know. I, I, I've seen her name uh, I saw an interview lately. with her was yesterday, and she said they're going to start out with Oklahoma. Uh, they're going to do them live, and then they're going to do those um, telecasts they have, you know, like the Met does in New York yeah, for the yeah. operas. They're going to be doing those out of Chicago, and a lot of them are going to be musicals. They want to take their all their assets and and put them into into some of the great musicals. Well, that's fantastic. That's yeah, you'll be down there auditioning. I yeah, <laughs> exactly. Give us some speaking roles, and we'll be down there. You know, um, yeah, she she's fantastic. And uh, I actually we uh, ran into her a couple of years ago, several years ago when we did a show called The Visit at the Goodman. Yeah, I remember um, that. And yeah. it, it, Cheetah Rivera was the lead. And one day we were doing a run through, and in walks Renee Fleming. And I think she and Frank Galati, who directed the show, might have had a relationship, uh, a, a friendship. I'm not sure why she was there, but Cheetah, of course, was nervous that this amazing singer was sitting there watching. So, she, and she didn't know Renee, but she walked right up to her and said. Well, I hear you're a great singer, but can you do this? And she did a, a high kick <laughs> right in front of her face. And poor Renee Fleming, sweet as could be, said, oh, no, I, I can't do that. So it kind of broke the ice, and, and she couldn't have been lovelier. Yeah, that, that was cool. <laughs> uh, recently, you were in some terrific shows. Uh, I, I thought you were tremendous in I Do, I Do. Oh, thanks. At Theater at the Center. That's a tough show to do. Yeah, it's uh, one that I've done a couple of times with the same leading lady, Heidi Kettenring. And uh, we first did it a few years ago in Bar Harbor, Maine, because uh, I grew up in Maine, and I had a friend who was running a theater there, and she had always wanted to do a musical. Um, and she said, do you know a small musical that we could attempt? And I said, well, sure, there's this two-person show, and I know just the right leading lady to bring along with me. And, you know, you think it's small until you, you get into it and realize um, what a, a load of work it is. But it's a, it's a really fun piece, and it really stretches stretched both of us as actors so it was, it was a nice experience and that theater at the center i thought they did a great job with it the set was beautiful and um it was it was a really neat neat time yeah I'm, I, that's a perfect show for their audience yeah they have they, a little bit of an it. older audience yeah exactly and they it's about 50 years of marriage so um come on it was a everyone related to it very nicely probably had half the audience had near 50 years. Yeah, they were probably saying, 50, please. <laughs> we got 70 over here. Well, what about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? That That's such an underrated show. Yeah, I you know, I didn't know it very well. Um, I did it this summer at the Mason Street Warehouse over in Saugatuck. And I had heard about Mason Street Warehouse, and I thought, what a great place to work. Um, Saugatuck is such a cool town, you know, uh, in the summertime. So when I heard about this show, I thought, hmm, I think I think there's a couple of roles that I might be right for. So I went in and auditioned and uh, ended up getting the uh, the older role, which was uh, played by John Lithgow originally. Yeah. And uh, the director said, well, you're a little younger than I had originally imagined, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a chance. And um, again, it was one of those um, very talkative, blah, 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 talky-talky, singy-singy, talky-talky roles um, that was a lot of fun. It's it's very clever script and some really fun music, and it was a really fun summer. Well, and then Hairspray. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. last. You've last done Hairspray a couple times, haven't you? No, that was the only time. Oh, that was the only actually. Time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I loved it. We had a ball doing that too. I was Corny Collins, and for me, everyone in my life thinks I'm the corn, the corniest person they know. So to play someone named Corny, I guess was was 
appropriate. Well, any great comic role is perfect for you. Oh, gosh, I'll pay you later, yeah. I don't know how that happened. I guess, you know, as you get older, if you're not going to be handsome, you might as well be funny, right? (laughs) That's what they say. Yeah. Um, And then you got to play sax with uh, the buddy Holly. I did, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I kind of... Uh, everybody has a story about how they got into theater, and for me, it was via music. Uh, my family was all very musical. My grandfather was a big band leader, and he gave us his, and, a, and a woodwind player. So he gave my sister and I our first clarinets and saxes, and that those are the instruments that I played growing up. And I considered doing that as a career, actually, but I thought it might be a little boring, so I decided to go into theater instead. But every now and then, a show will come up um, where I get to do both. And I always think that my grandfather would be so happy to know that, you know, we are still kind of honoring his memory and getting to play instruments every now and then. Well, that gives you a little edge, and especially uh, when things like that cabaret came up. Yeah, it was kind of, it's been popular lately to have actors also be musicians. Whether it's just to save money, who knows, that's debatable. But uh, it does come in handy. You know, anytime you can have another strange skill to bring to the table, I guess it makes you a little bit more versatile and perhaps more valuable. So that makes you, let's add, uh, singer, dancer, actor, comedian, yeah. musician. It's uh, it's called jack of all trades, master of none, right? Yeah. Well, you, you keep using them. Exactly. It's fun when you use them all in... in uh in, in a show. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, you know, you might as well strap on a bass drum to me and, and make me <laughs> juggle at the same time. But, again, you know, you love those challenges. Well, so. I remember when you did The Pharaoh. Yeah. At, when you came in on what they call the Segway. Yes, that's a, nice, that. a, a skill I can add to my resume, <laughs> Segway riding. And they've got those tours down at Navy Pier, you know, and I always want to go volunteer to, to give them a tour as Elvis. Um, but that was Aaron Thielen's idea. He's the, he was the lead artistic director for that show. And I thought, well, well, that's odd. But the minute I got on it, I thought, I don't ever want to step off this thing. It was so fun. And, and the audiences loved it. What a talk yeah. about an entrance. I know. Like, it dressed was as Elvis, right? And luckily, I never rode off the stage or killed anybody. Yeah, I meant so. to ask you how dangerous that, because you're downhill. I know. Uh, coming up. I know. You know, it's easier to use than you would think. So I encourage everyone to go out and try riding a Segway, except for the guy who invented the Segway, who, who just died a couple of months ago by riding off a cliff on one. So, Did he really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's not for everyone, but uh, I loved it, and it was actually quite easy to, to maneuver. Well, let me ask you about uh, something I've been wondering about for a long time. You're among uh, a group of people that do the morning children's yes. shows, like yes. at Marriott or Drury Lane or different places. Uh, and many times you guys are in the night show, too. Right. How does that work? Well, you, you don't get much sleep, yeah. um, but the paycheck is nice. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It's a whole different ball game, and anybody that does children's theater or has seen children's theater, I think, can appreciate the value in it. Um, oh, yeah. I, or that I love, love it, children. Yeah. You know, uh, it, for me, the older I get, the more I love it, truthfully, because you, you acknowledge what a responsibility it is. Um, if these kids are having their first experience in a professional theater, you want it to be a good one. You want it for their sake. You want it for the for the uh, future of theater. You know, these are future theater goers. If they have a bad experience, they're not going to want to come back. You know, right? So, I'm lucky enough to had a great experience, and I still remember uh, the first show with Peter Pan. I yeah. was ten years old. That's amazing. See, yeah. it stays with you all your life. Yeah. You know, um, so so it. it sounds uh 
sillier than it is. You know, I think the people, certainly at the theaters that I've worked at a lot, um, take it very seriously oh, yeah. and, and do a great job. And it's Some of the best shows I've seen anywhere are yeah. children's shows. Yep, I agree. Yeah. But uh, as an actor, uh, when when you're, you know, doing a role like Harold Hill at night yeah. and then you're doing a morning how do you stay fresh? Or? Well, I'm not doing the one right now, oh. even though my picture is up. In it, they're doing Wizard of Oz, and I did the Tin Man last time they did it, so okay. they're still using that picture. But Andy Loop is actually doing it. So okay. there are several people. Mary Ernster is also in both. Um, it's, uh, you know, you just, again, you just focus and do it. It's not like you mix up your lines or anything. The only yeah. challenge is that it, it's, it may be a little bit tiring, and you may get sick of being there, but hey, there's worse problems to have in life, right? Yeah, you could be and, in an assembly line. Exactly, <laughs> and you've got some nice extra spending money for the holidays. So, No, it's, um, it's a nice uh, contract, actually. Uh, the Equity Children's Theater doesn't provide health insurance, but if you're getting your health insurance weeks uh, during your nighttime work, it, it doesn't matter, and then the, the salary is actually quite good. Um, with the per performance, uh, and, yeah, and the actors have to know that you you don't turn down when you get a chance to well, make yeah. it. You got to make it. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and that's kind of been my whole my whole life. I, I it's not like I have millions of offers coming in. I usually pick and choose what I audition for pretty carefully, and then also um, usually have a couple of options and go with as many as I can throughout the year. You know, so it's a nice it's a nice. Uh, other opportunity to find work because I yeah you because know, I've, I've talked to actors to say well I don't go out for kids shows well that's kind of dumb isn't it well you know some people just hate to get up in the morning so <laughs> if you're not a morning person or if you hate kids don't do it you know but yeah. uh, I think a lot of people are pleasantly surprised when they have their first um, the most honest audience if Mark Robin told me he says, that's right yeah he says if they don't like it they'll turn and to their parents and say I want to go home yeah they'll <laughs> just start talking or bouncing up and down yeah you'll know immediately if you're if you're being dishonest or or boring, you know. Yeah, well, the the caliber shows, but uh, uh, I think that's cool that, that we do. That also is part of, as you were saying, it's you're developing that audience for yeah. the future. That is so important. I, yeah, I mean that's that kind of hits you the minute you see these young, fresh faces, you know. Um, and I, I love the parents that come with them and the grandparents. Sometimes the weekend audiences are the best because the parents get to come to a show that they secretly love, but they sure. can pretend that they're doing it for the kids, you know? Yeah, well, so that's the same with me. I do it because I, you know, I need to review it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's professional. Yeah, that's and it. I've only reviewed it like a hundred times. But, <laughs> exactly. You know. Oh, got to go see if it's changed sure. today. Absolutely. All right, what, we're, we're near the end of this now. I always ask this question. Okay. What are some of the roles that you'd like to do that you haven't done, whether it be musical or Shakespeare or whatever? Well, there are, I, there are several Shakespearean roles that I would actually um, love to attempt. It's, it's really interesting and difficult in, in our line of work to switch over and go back and forth. There are several actors who do it around here, but I tend to do mostly musicals, um, primarily because I love music and what it adds to a piece. And also because the runs tend to be longer and the pay is better. So it, it comes down to a practical thing as well. But there are several that I would love to do. Um, in terms of musical roles, let me think. I might have to get back to you on that. Because I, I did have a short list that I started letting go of some as I got older, you know, because um, I outgrew them in, uh, just in age. I don't have a specific one in mind right now. 
I could see you uh, playing Zach in uh, Chorus Line. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Tim did a great job with it. Oh, he's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But I could see you doing that. Sure, yeah, and, and I don't, wouldn't have to dance at all. Uh, yeah, and you yeah. Could, um, what about uh, doing some dramatic stuff, some like Oscar Wilde or, or uh, absolutely? Or uh, that? Yeah, in fact, there's some fantastic roles in uh, Oscar Wilde stuff that uh, would be juicy and comic, you know. So yeah, yeah that, it's it's interesting to think about, especially as as we do get older. Um, if you don't want to be quite so physical and singing and dancing all the time um perhaps there might be some some different opportunities you know people are always asking about film and tv as well um which i do a little bit of commercial work but again i don't want to move to la you know mm-hmm. um and start over again so i kind of like what i've got here well you're 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 certainly one of our favorites in this town and and uh, we we do have fun and, and i really appreciate you spending the time with us and and uh Keep up the good work. Well, thank you. You're you're incredibly easy to talk to and, and very kind, so I really appreciate it. Well, folks, go see Music Man and see it play this week. Yeah, uh, yeah. if you can sit close to the front, I'll guarantee that I'll sweat on you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. There's a bonus, huh?